Well, today we launch into something new, and uh, we're calling it Set the Table. And throughout the next uh, three or four weeks, um, you'll probably see a table up here, and we're going to keep kind of adding things to it. But back, back in March, I had the opportunity to uh, attend a, a, a leadership conference for pastors, church leaders, and things like that. And the main emphasis was sharing the gospel and building relationships with Jesus Christ. And, you know, so in church language, that, what's that called? That's called evangelism and discipleship, right? And, uh, and both things are a high priority around these parts in our church. Uh, we, our mission is leading others to a grace-filled relationship with Jesus Christ. So that kind of envelops both things, right? So during the time at the conference, there was a common thread through many of the breakout sessions and the, the different main stage speakers that they had. And, and the focus, and I don't know, maybe it was just what I was hearing. Maybe it was what God was telling me I needed to hear. I don't know. But I heard um, the concept of the table mentioned over and over and over again. And how we can use the table as a tool for both discipleship and evangelism. And so um, the goal over the next month or so is to set the table uh, for us and to help us build a foundation of discipleship in our lives. You want to call it spiritual formation, you can. You can um, just call it um, building a relationship. If you want to call it personal discipleship, you can call it whatever you'd like. But we want to set the table. And I'm thinking uh, and I'm hoping this series is kind of for everyone, all right? And honestly, I kind of hope that's the truth for all of the things we talk about. But, um, you know, maybe you've had a relationship with Jesus Christ for a long time. You've been a Jesus follower for a long time, maybe even decades. And that's fantastic, all right? Keep it up. Right, but we also know that uh, this 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 is still going to be for you because we can always be working on our relationship with Jesus. Right, Amen. Always can be doing that uh, because last I checked, He's perfect, but we are not, and and so we have areas in our lives that need attention, always, and uh, just like any relationship, we have to work on it. And for those, you know, that um, have been a Christian for a long time, sometimes we can get kind of stale or complacent or just oblivious sometimes that we got to, I got to keep working on that. I got to continue this and be more intentional about building our relationship and growing our relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe some of you have been, um, maybe you've been a Christian for just a little while. Maybe you followed Jesus for uh, a short amount of time, and, and that's great because this series will be for you too, because building a strong foundation spiritually in our lives is vital. It's vital because it does so much for us. It helps drive our decision-making, right? These, these graduates, they have a lot of decisions ahead of them. Some of them have made those big decisions, some big decisions already, but they, it, hopefully, um, the spiritual formation that they have, the foundation they have, it helped drive their, um, their decision-making and what they want to do with their life, maybe the career path they're taking, right? Uh, it helps drive our personal relationships, who we want to date, 
who we want to hang out with on a, on a regular basis, who, uh, you know, all those little ins and outs, hopefully that's what happens. It helps drive every aspect of our lives, and, and it should, because that's who we, we follow. We want, we want God to be a part of all of those decisions. And um, here's the deal. Uh, maybe you're thinking, I, I don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. I'm, I'm not there Maybe you haven't decided that's something that you want. And I think that this series will be for you too. This talk about setting the table and, and growing in Christ can be for you too. Because we're all seeking something, right? And Jesus, um, Jesus is that something. And I can assure you that, that that's the case. And here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to explore how God is always with us. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment. And, and how um, Jesus, um, that no matter who you are and where you have been, that God is always with you. And that, that we'll explore how there's no one that the love of Jesus is not for. Right? No one is too far away from the love of God. Right? So, uh, to get where we want to go and to share what we want to share and to grow where we need to grow, we got to set the table. All right? So, in homes everywhere, setting the table is, uh, is a primary chore that we assign to kids all the time, right? And you can do it at a very early stage in life. You don't have to be very old. Basically, you have to be tall enough to put stuff on the table almost. But setting the table is a foundation of every single meal. Could you agree? Yeah, I mean, otherwise, it would just set food on the table, like putting a sandwich on the table itself. That would just be weird, you know? And so it's simple. Uh, it's, a, it's a very simple task. Here's what I mean. Here's a picture. Uh, there's going to be a picture on the screen. This is simple place settings. Some of them are a little more intricate than others. One of them is actually a diagram, if you want to take a picture of that for a future reference, if you need that. Um, well, you know, the one in the lower corner is probably more intricate than we'll ever use at our house. Like, if uh, somebody were to come over, we're not going to double up on plates and three forks and all that stuff. But it's there, and you kind of know what it's about. Um, but uh, this is nothing crazy, and maybe would take a couple of minutes to do. And when we set the table for dinner, we're probably taking a few minutes. We don't want it to take forever, right? So, um, and then there's, there's another version. And I got a little video here. We're going to go ahead, just go ahead and play the video. It's only a little under a minute. So, in memory of the new king of England, um, yesterday, that, that video is a time lapse of the House of Victoria, the state dining room, okay? Uh, it was set for 54 people, all right? Now, most likely, you and I are never going to set dinner for 54 people, certainly never like that. Um, 
I'm never going to set dinner like that for 54 people, just so you know. But it took a total of four hours to do, all right? That's why we showed the time lapse. Um, and I can only assume that we'll probably never, we'll probably experience the first example, these pictures, more often than the second, okay? And if, uh, if only never to have to do all the dishes of the second one, right? Um, that's crazy. And remember when you were in college and you had two forks? Um, get ready, guys. You'll have two forks. And you might wash one of them before you use it again. You might, depending on how much green stuff is on it, okay? But um, there, there's, here's the question. Do you have to have a table to eat? No, no. You eat in your car, all right? I eat in my car. Some people don't, all right? And I get it, um, but I eat in my car. Uh, we'll eat walking down the street. We'll eat sitting at our desk. Um, you don't need plates or forks or spoons or even napkin, right? Don't need that stuff, all right? Here's another question. Do you have to set the table to eat? Nope. Right. See above, right? We don't have to have any. If you're hungry enough, you'll eat wherever and however, won't you? Well, we'll shovel it in, all right? But the table is a significant part of the meal, of any meal that you eat, right? The table's more than just a platform for our food. It's a place where we interact with others, right? With our family, our friends, coworkers, classmates, right? It's a place where you experience community with those that you sit with. It's a place of presence. It's a place of intimacy and vulnerability, isn't it? It's, it's weird because eating is kind of nasty, right, if you think about it, and the sounds that you make and um, the older you get, the less sounds you make, and then, like, the older, older you get, the more sounds you make. That's the middle part. Um, and if you have braces, because we have one of those at our house, the way more sounds you make, and it's terrible. Anyway, um, but here's the thing. You, 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 uh, the table is a place where we experience comfort. It, it's a place where our bellies get full. Amen? Your heart gets full. And your life is filled with stories and memories, these milestones around the table. So for the rest of the day, we're going to uh, talk about how, what the table represents for us as Jesus followers. And, um, and for those that may not have experienced grace yet, the grace of God yet. And we're going to use this phrase a lot. The table is a place. So get ready for it. Okay, so if you ever see it up there, you can even say it out loud if you want. You can participate a little bit, okay? So let's all together say it with me. The table is a place for us. The table is a place, like things that we'll use at the dinner table, like the dining room table for. We'll, use, we'll eat dinner at it, obviously. But we'll have game night. You play games at the dinner table, right? Or you'll do puzzles. I love to do puzzles. You like to do puzzles? Okay, um, and I love building Lego worlds and um, different U.S. one trucking, electric trucking system. Okay, that's personal to me because that's what I did as a kid at my house around the dinner table um, on, on our dining room table. And you do art projects, you do homework, right? You'll do, um, you'll fold laundry. You can hold a lot of laundry on your dinner table, 
okay? And if you get behind and you're folding out laundry and then kids got to come pick it all up and put it away, okay? You'll hold family meetings at your dinner table. Uh, during COVID, it was your home office and your Zoom office and everything that you did, okay? So it, may, it was probably your desk, okay? In our daily routine, the table is a focus for many of the simplest tasks of life. But primarily, the table is a place where our story unfolds, okay? And we're going to use the word, the, the phrase, the table, as a metaphor in a lot of different ways. So you're going to have to bear with me. Because the table represents our life a lot of times. The table is actually a table sometimes. The table represents um, our, our world a lot of times. So you're going to have to track a little bit, but I think that you'll understand most places um, that we see. So in our daily routine, it, it focuses us, but primarily it's a place where it, our story just unfolds, right? When we sit at the table in conversation, Right? When we sit at the table in a conversation with somebody, we tend to engage a little more deeply, don't we? Because the people that we sit there, we care about. We care about them. Um, when, when we sit at the table and, and have that conversation, we will um, we'll, we'll listen more intently because we probably invited them to sit down with us. Even if it was just an all call, hey, dinner's ready. That's an invitation to come and sit at the table, and a conversation ensues, right? Because the people that, you're sitting, that are sitting there, they're there on purpose. We tend to appreciate the relationships that we have with people around the table uh, because uh, it helps us focus on each other. When, when we invite someone to our table, we don't, we don't put all the food on the table, and then we all sit down and face out. That would be weird, and it, would be, it wouldn't accomplish anything, would it? There would be no community. We wouldn't be able to communicate, and we certainly wouldn't be able to eat. So um, there, there's not a whole lot that when we sit down at the table, when we look across it, that's the, per- the, the focus is not on you. It's across the way, right? So what about Jesus? Because we find value in the tool of the table in our lives, in the, in the routines and the rhythm of our lives. We find value in that. But what about Jesus? What, what value did Jesus find? In, what did he use in his ministry, in his life? What role did the table play in his life? Well, the table is a place for Jesus where he had conversations, many of them were hard, right? He sat in the homes of the biggest adversaries uh, in his life, the Pharisees, and he had hard conversations where they tried to drag him down and trick him and do things that would discredit him. He, uh, he sat down with people that nobody else would sit down with, right? With sinners. He, uh, this, this would have been a humongous culture shift. For, for people in Jesus' time. Because you didn't sit down with those people. No, we didn't do that. We didn't sit down with those people. And Jesus was willing to do that. He shared life-giving truth with the people that sat down around the table with him. No matter who it was, he just would share his heart. And he sets the example of discipleship for everyone while you're sitting around a table. 
He even, he even spent some time flipping a few tables, didn't he? Because they, the table itself, the tool of the table was being used to defile the house of his father. So the table can be used for something bad, too. Jesus saw value in the table. Like early in his life, early in his life, uh, Jesus saw value in the table because it made him money. He was a carpenter. He saw the value in a well-made table, right? Just like we do when we go to a restaurant and you sit down and the, the table does that, you just go on home because your, your meal is ruined, right? And so Jesus saw the value in a well-made table, and it, was, it would have been a source of reputation for him, and it would have made him some, um, some money so they could eat, and he could provide for, help provide for his family. So the words that he shared around the table were life-giving and life-changing. Think about this for a few different people. Think about his disciples for a second. They sat around the table probably the most with Jesus. And uh, the words that he spoke, he just spoke life into them all the time. But around the table, none more importantly than in John chapter 13, right, where uh, what we call the Last Supper, right, the Passover feast, Jesus is telling them all kinds of things. He, he predicts his own death. He tells Peter, you're going to deny me here tonight, like in a few hours. And he, he answers their questions around the table. He asks questions to his disciples all the time around the table. And, and all with the purpose of seeking a deeper relationship with them. That's discipleship, right? Around the table. And, and so he, he did a lot of things that uh, he had this purpose of sharing those things with preparing the disciples, those, those 12 guys that end up being 11, um, with the purpose of being spiritually ready for the world that they were going to face in the future after he was gone. Because he knew that they were going to face so much, and he was getting them ready. Think about the, the Pharisees, the things that Jesus shared with them around the table. Again, hard conversations. But they tried, the Pharisees, they used the table as a tool to defeat Jesus, uh, the opposite of what he used the, for, the, for the disciples, right? They wanted to trap or discredit Jesus in any way they could just because he had such a huge following. And it made them look so bad. And they thought that the table was a tool that, to use their own advantage of getting rid of Jesus. So the table is a central focus, and we're going to talk about it for a while. But in Jesus' ministry, over the next few weeks, we're going to see uh, uh, that he sits at many different tables, serving different people, loving many different types of people, sinners included, and thank God, right? And, and he shows us what grace looks like. And this, the table is a central focus in many families. And it should be. You have your own stories about the table and the things that happen around it, right? Even if you have to go way back to your childhood, things like that. But some of the biggest events in our lives happen around the table. Holidays, right? The table's a rite of passage at the holiday. You get to sit at the big table. I'm old enough to be at the grown-up table now, right? get super proud about it. Then you have to have a grown-up conversation 
And then you're like, I'm going back to the little kid one, right? However, and the little kid one was usually in front of the football game, so it was a good thing too. But uh, anyway, it, the table, good things happen around. There's good big events, like maybe, I don't know, graduation parties happen around a table, right? Meals, family dinners, so vital, right? So this week has been just a train wreck of a schedule for our family. And we haven't had the opportunity to sit down at the table together, all four of us. It's been like a just back and forth shuttle. And we've missed it. We, we talked about it. We're like, man, this is weird. There's, we've had two of us. We've had three of us. We've had a different three of us. But we've never had all four of us for the whole week. And it's weird because we crave that, even on purpose, you know, because in families, you know, sometimes you don't always get along, but you still want to be around each other. And so we, we miss that family dinner dynamic, and uh, hopefully we get to do that soon. So, but family dinners are vital. 89%, and here's a, some interesting statistics, 89% of parents that were polled, they're, they're, they, they see family dinners as very important for their families. Yet over the last 20 years, it's declined by 33%. Just one meal around the table. Uh, if, I'm, if I remember the statistic, just it was three meals per week um, by 33%. 62% of parents with kids under the age of 18, so high school and under, wish they had family dinner more often. That makes sense, doesn't it? Because then they go off to college, and they go grown up, and they want it all back, okay? And so um, they, they wish they had more opportunities. Table, the table is huge. It's, it's like a family member, right? And so it's also a central focus in discipleship. And it's a place where relationships are built and where stories unfold in front of us. And the table is a place where we listen to others and we share their lives and all things that are essential in growing in our relationship and closer to Jesus. That's discipleship. That's being a disciple. That's making more disciples. So here's a $100,000 question. Is the table a safe place? Right? The table is a place, right? And uh, today, if you want to pull out your scriptures, you can uh, look at Psalm chapter 23. It's kind of notable. Um, Psalms chapter 23. Psalms is right in the middle of your Bible. So if you just open it up and let it fall open in the middle, you'll find Psalm 23. We're going to read it. Um, But the table is a place that's prepared in the presence of my enemy. And that doesn't sound very fun. But that's what David told us. So Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And here's where, this is where our focus will be. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is where David begins to pivot a little bit. You prepare a table Before me, in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy 
will, uh, and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Almost two years ago, we spent like six weeks talking about this very passage. Do you remember? Okay, good. Um, and, and how the table is prepared in the presence of our enemy. That's Satan, just so there's no, you know, we're clear, okay? Then, but it's a safe place. It's an intimate place. It's a life-building, life-giving place that's prepared in the presence of our enemies because it's right here in the world, right? And we live in this imperfect world. And it's a place where we grow and we serve God and experience His grace. And it's prepared in the presence of our enemy. So how can we find comfort in this table? Right? David answered the question even before he gave us the problem. Because in verse 4 he says, Even though I walk through the darkest valleys when my life is in the dumps, when it's, I'm in the worst place possible, I'm in the valley, I can't see anything but up, rock bottom, right? Even though our table, our life is prepared in the middle of everything that's out to destroy us, our, our God, God's rod and his staff are there to protect us. And he's there to give us comfort. But here's what clinches the value of the table. It clinches the value. It's who's sitting with you. Right? There's, there's two, two seats at your table, not, not three. There's two. You sit at it, right? And then there's God, I hope. <coughs> you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies, but you are with me. That's where the comfort is. That's where there's safety. That's where there's goodness and mercy will follow you everywhere. That's where David was talking about how we can find comfort in this table of life, even though we're in the middle of the messiest life ever. Multiple times, we've said this today, that the table is a place, and we've talked about how great it is for us, and how Jesus has used a table, and how it's a place of comfort, but today, as we finish, we're going to talk about how it's no place, right? The table's no place for our enemy, it's set in the presence of our enemy, but it is no place, the table is no place for our enemy, right? It's prepared there, but there's not a seat at the table for our enemy, unless there is, unless you allow him in, unless you allow you to sit there and God to sit there and Satan to just pull up a chair. Or you, the other alternative is that you kick God out and let Satan sit down and destroy the rest of your life in every way possible, right? Unless you give the enemy the seat there at the table, and, and when we do, um, all those things that we've shared about today, they, they infect our lives like a virus, don't they? We, if we allow the enemy a seat at our table, we attempt the, and we attempt to engage in love and grace with those around us, the enemy's going to find a way to, to destroy that relationship. And if, um, if we find a, a, a way to, um, uh, if, 
the, the enemy is going to find a way to destroy the conversation and it's gonna, that's going to take place and it's going to go to a place that it never should go. Does that make sense? Because we allow him to be a part of the conversation. With the enemy at our table, our relationship with Jesus gets detoured or destroyed completely. Our relationships with others, they get fractured because we're, we're masked by what, what we shouldn't be seeing and, and not following, right? We begin to bask in the guilt of the past decisions that we've made or the experiences that we've had, and that's the only thing that we dwell on. And we alienate the value that exists in the actual tables of our homes and our jobs and the people that surround us that love us and most importantly, a holy God that loves us and that's with us. But know this, regardless of where the table is prepared in the presence of our enemies, God is with you. That he's seated there with you. He's there protecting you from all that surrounds you. And he's there to provide comfort because he's with you. And that's the only comfort that we can find today. Think about a guy like Joseph in the Old Testament who had, I mean, he was sold by his brothers. He was beaten up by his brothers. He was thrown in a hole. And then he was sold to slaves. And he was put in jail. And he was accused wrongly. And he was put in jail again. And then he became... The whole time, God was with him. That didn't sound very fun, did it? And it didn't sound like God was with him, but the whole time he was. And how did that turn out? He was like the vice pharaoh of Egypt, and he saved the whole nation of, of Israel because that was God's plan, but it was also because he stayed faithful and God was with him. So um, so what's the reward of the comfort that's provided when we don't allow the, the enemy a seat at our table? Well, it's goodness and mercy, right? For the rest of our days, it's going to follow us everywhere we go. And our relationship with God grows and our faith in him grows. And, when we, and, and then we take that and we share those stories about where God has saved us from. And we take those stories and we share about how God has walked alongside of us. And we share those stories with other people. And uh, we're uh, out of the worst possible case scenario in these terrible times in our lives and how God saved us and he comforted us and walked with us. And in the presence of our enemies, no less. But I did not have to fear because God was with me. Because he's with you at your table. And over the next few weeks, we're going to experience just how Jesus engaged life around the table. And hopefully, we'll see the value of the table as a tool um, as we seek to be a disciple that makes more disciples. That's what we want to be, right? And how we share the story of our lives and how it unfolds. Because that's, that's really all discipleship is, is just how our story unfolds and how other people's story unfolds. And when we put them all together and we look at it in the lens of, of grace and we can grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And then to experience the heart of Jesus as he sits at the table with us. And so that's, that's our hope for this, this time together. I look forward to sharing about how we can be uninvitable 
and invitable at the same time. And uh, we'll, sit, we'll talk about more of that next week. Let's pray together. Father God, we love you today, and we're so uh, humbled by the, the way that you take great care of us, by the grace that you extend to us every single day, regardless of what we do to, um, uh, obviously we can't deserve grace, that's what grace is, we don't deserve it, but Lord, you give it to us, even though we continue to run into the, to the, the dark places in our world. And Father, you're still with us, and you choose to love us. You crave a relationship with us. And God, we just uh, offer our hearts to you and surrender today, that as we seek to grow closer to you and to be a better disciple, a better follower of you, that uh, you will show us every day how to do that in, in a new and fresh way. And that we will be able to share that around the table with others. Whether it be a, an actual table or a metaphorical table, whatever the case is. I think that we all get it today. And, uh, and God, we just um, we seek opportunities today, God. That you will put those in front of us and you will give us the boldness that we need to share our story with others about you. Lord, go with us this day. Thank you so much for all that you've done in our lives. And as we go this week, we just uh, rest in your glory, and we're so thankful that you are with us as we go. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Um, be sure and come Wednesday night. If not, we'll see you next Sunday on Mother's Day. God bless you.